Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing After Dark with a Duke by Julianne Long. This was published in 2021 and is number four in the Palace of Rogue series. Full disclosure, we did receive an advanced reader copy from Nick Alley. So you may remember that we reviewed all three of the Palace of Rogue series this past summer uh, and like really loved them all. Like they were just really good. It's a really fun series. It's interesting. I know we kind of recap this every time, but the first two books were about the proprietresses of this hotel on the mm. docks, boarding house on the docks. It's high class. And the subsequent books have been about their clientele. Right. But I mean, for me, for me, a big part of the charm of this series is that you get to see these recurring characters. So it's so nice to see Delilah and Angelique and Delacorte and Dot all come back. And it's, it's just a very rich experience. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But the tone really has shifted. I agree. So it's interesting. I don't... For, what ties this series together is these recurring characters, not tone or relationships of the main mm-hmm. characters to previous characters and all of that. Yeah. Well, should we kick it off with the book jacket? Sure. She arrives in the dead of night, a mob out for blood at her heels. Mariana Wilde, the harlot of Haywood Street, an opera diva brought low by a duel fought for her favors. But the ladies of the Grand Palace on the Thames think that they can make a silk purse from a scandal. They'll restore her reputation and share in her triumph, provided that they can keep her apart from that other guest. Coldly brilliant, fiercely honorable, General James Duncan Blackmore, the Duke of Valkirk, is revered, feared, desired, but nobody truly knows him. Until a clash with a fiery, vulnerable beauty who stands for everything he scorns lays him bare. It's too clear the only cure for consuming desire is conquest, but their only chance at happiness could lead to their destruction. The legendary Duke never dreamed love would be his last battleground. Valkirk would lay down his life for Mariana, but his choice is stark. Risk losing her forever, or do the one thing he vowed he would never surrender. I'm going to be honest, I actually think this is a pretty good book jacket. I'm really liking all of the military metaphors. Yeah. I I dig it. I dig it. I, I and, don't think I read this before tonight. And I'm like, oh, that was good. And like the overdramatic bits, she's running from a mob out for blood. Like the way it leans into both of their reputations is yeah. so fun. It's really good. Very good book jacket. Agree. Slow clap. Slow clap. It's we don't say that often. <laughs> it's true. We're like really hard on book jackets. <laughs> so as usual, we generated a random number between one and fifty, and then wrote uh, our own summaries using that number as a word count. And this episode, our random number was eleven. So my eleven-word summary: Judgmental Duke is brought to heel by a scandalous opera singer. Oh. It's so true. 
okay, <laughs> here, here's mine. I was not super inspired today, so sorry, guys. Mariana's got James singing. Me voici, me voici, militaire et Marie. There you go. Okay. This book was about Italian, not French? No, there was a French opera in this text. There was an Italian opera being put in on France. Paris. <laughs> was it a French opera? I do not know the lyrics to any Italian operas. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know the lyrics to this one, and it fits. It does fit. So I put it in. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. So, Meg, what is the major trope here? Um, okay. Is it, is it age gap? Cause there's big age gap. I think it's just like, like very different places in life. Well, it's the, if there's a class difference and then all overlaid is the age gap. Right. And, but it's not just, there's a little bit of grump sunshine. There's a little, a little bit, of, a little bit. Yeah. Like they are really opposites attract. Yes. Yes, they're very much opposites attract. Although, of course, deep down, they have so many similarities. Yes, namely about their trauma and how they deal with their trauma. Their past trauma, yes, exactly. Isn't that how most romance heroes and heroines connect? Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. <laughs> so he's um, 43 and she's okay. 25. Yes. Yeah. And he has a son who's 23. No, 21. I thought his son was only two years younger than her. I'm pretty sure it was four. But either way, the point is it's not, it's close. Whatever. I'm married to a man five years older than me. So in other words, she's closer in age to the son, like marriage wise, marriage yeah. wise relationship wise than to the father. We'll just say that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of lessons in this book. He's teaching her Italian. This is like, let's just lean in to the, Older man, younger woman who needs to learn from him. So interestingly, he was not born in the aristocracy. Right. He's like um, Nelson or the other dude who we all know, the Duke Wellington, <laughs> that guy who became, so Wellington became a Duke because he won. Nelson became a Baron because he was good. So, but they were commoners who were raised to the aristocracy through their military prowess. Yes. So he's like the guy. He, he's Wellington. Let's be honest. He's Wellington. He's Wellington, but younger and hotter. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but he's got lots of scars, internal and external. There was not enough dwelling on the scars, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and he's he's really famous because he wrote a book. Seems to me like a almost like a book of philosophy based on the battlefield, you know, like the art of war or something. I was about to say, like the art of war. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was like oh. all the rage. 
Honor. Yes. Her favorite word. I'm sorry. I, I have to admit, I did kind of love that part. <laughs> I loved a lot of the literary allusions to made up things in this world. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. A hundred percent. What are some of the tropes? So there's a moment where she is being manhandled by a cad. Yeah. And he appears in the doorway and rescues her. And there's something very specific about this exact staging. Yes. Not like a woman being groped in society, but like a woman being assaulted in her own home by someone she knows. When and I, guy yeah. takes up space in the doorway and then just loses his mind and goes into berserker mode and it's totally out of character. It's and it I feel like it happens in this series a lot too. Out of four books, I think it's happened in three. Yeah, it always reminds me of the moment when Ramses catches Percy all over Nefret. Of course it does. In Falcon at the because... Portal. <laughs> what else would it remind you of? <laughs> uh, Walter Peabody Emerson, better known as Ramses, is my one true love. Um, <laughs> better known as your, your true love. <laughs> my one true love. Um, but no, I just, I love the moment too, especially because the men often leash that unexpected anger. Yeah. And it's not that the, the violence never happens, but it's clear that like they wanted to do much worse. Yeah. But they yeah. still kept it in check. They still kept it in check. So they both have very tragic upbringings, but her upbringing is like super tragic. Oh, my God. Was his that tragic? I mean, his life has been tragic. His upbringing wasn't, though. His upbringing wasn't, I guess. He's got a dead wife. He just feels separated, I think, from his younger, unsullied self, I guess. Yeah, but I don't think his... I wouldn't call his upbringing tragic. Her dad... (laughs) I laughed out loud. I don't want to spoil it, because I do think it's a major spoiler, but... The scene where you find out her her dad died, I actually went, like, kind of half laughing and half horrified. Uh, I did not laugh, but I was definitely like, what the fuck did I just raise? I was like, what? It it stops you in your tracks when you're reading. Like, it really, you stop because you're like, what? You reread the last paragraph because you were like, I thought we were in the middle of an Italian lesson. No, you, you really do. You, like, go back and read it. Because you, you're like, I it didn't just read that. So, it, it, I mean, it has a good, punches a, packs a punch. It packs a punch is what I would say. Yeah. Does. Sure does. Uh, so she's a woman of the demimonde, which we've seen a couple of times. I think if the woman isn't, more often, I will give Julianne Long credit, she is not an opera singer or an actress who is secretly a Duke's daughter who fled a relationship. Both of these people are common born, and that mm-hmm. is something that bonds them. Mm-hmm. She does have to almost literally sing for her supper. Yes, yeah, so they give her free room and board in exchange for her performance at the first entertainment event hosted by the Grand Palace on the Thames. Which is, I mean, it's a thread that's gone through the books, right? From the beginning, they're like, we could host musicale musical evenings and then the second book they buy the place for it and then the third book they refurbish the place and in this book they're like we're finally going to put on a performance yep so that was very it was 
like very satisfying as a reader of the series. I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm I wondering am. when keeping the thread of the hotel is going to get pokey. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not done with it yet. That's for sure. Same. Um, he has an emotional connection to the house he grew up in. <laughs> All right. What did you think overall about this book? I mean, I think Julianne Long is a, an amazing writer. I think she's one of the best writers in romance these days. So, like, her writing is just great. Not only are these characters well-written, she gets a script and a job offer in the middle of this book. Mm-hmm. It's so damn funny. It's so funny. I was like, what, what am I reading? And the, the way she makes you feel is the way her characters feel. Well, and even there's a scene earlier in the book where they're trading barbs during the mm -hmm. mandatory dinner hour at the Grand Palace on the Thames. The and I always say Thames because there's a baseball hitting coach named Marcus Thames. <laughs> it's spelled Thames. Sure, sure. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> Grand Palace on the Thames. And they're spitting barbs. Mm -hmm. And they're real barbs. And they're really clever. And like... Yeah. It's she is phenomenal at the show, show and don't tell character. Oh yes, her, her dialogue is some of the best dialogue I've read, but bar none, her dialogue is amazing. Yes, and then I mean I talked about this at the beginning, but the recurring characters, so this ensemble cast is wonderful. And each book you read, you get more out of them, and it's so fun. I mean I cannot get enough of Delacord. <laughs> Oh, you know, he went to the donkey race. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I know. And you're like, yeah, of course, Delacorte went to the donkey race. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think it's great. I don't know. What did you think? I thought it was fun. Um, so the plot is that he's at the Grand Palace on the Thames because he's writing his memoirs. And his main holding is under construction. And he both wants to, like, disappear a little from the distractions of society and the distractions of his house. And he's good friends with a former guest who recommended mm -hmm. that this would be a good place for him to hide out. She, as the jacket says, is on the run from a scandal and trying to, like, figure out a safe place to be while she makes her next move when so much of London wants her head. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. And I liked their dynamics and I totally bought her character as this woman who's been forced to do a lot of things by her circumstances and profound talent, mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to dictate her own life in a society that's made a lot of assumptions about her character based purely on the circumstances she's in. And Tim is somebody who's like become so hardened off by the right and proper thing, partially because of how he was raised, but more because of what he experienced on the battlefield. I thought those were two really authentic characters and I really liked their dynamic with one another. And I thought they were well suited in that aspect. Mm -hmm. That said, basically they start off being bristly to one another because he's all judgmental about her being an opera singer and she's all judgmental about him being a stick in the mud. 
And then they start to get to know each other and become friends over these Italian lessons. And then they both have to make decisions about what they want the next step in their life to be. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Like, that's the spoiler version of the whole plot. Yeah. And it made the, I thought the ending was a, not like, there is a grand gesture. This keeps with the Julian long trend, but the whole end of this one felt a little like a letdown. It's a really slow burn. Then like 10% of fireworks. And then it goes back to being like kind of generic. I didn't hate this. I enjoyed parts of it a lot, but usually with the julianne longs i'm like flipping to the last page riveted okay i mean i'm just gonna come at it with my preconceived prejudices which are that a 20-year age gap just doesn't usually work for me if i'm gonna read a 20-year age gap i want it to be like a fetish erotic novel that i'm gonna be be done with you know like if i'm gonna read it i want them to like lean into it and not try to make me believe that these two characters are really well suited and perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause I, I've been thinking about this a lot cause I'm trying really trying to pin down like what's my issue with it. You know what I mean? It's funny. I'm very caught up in age gaps in real life. Mm-hmm. And some of this is just because like, so my parents had me really young. So my parents mm-hmm. are young. And so I'm always very creeped out when like guys older than my father are hitting on me. Right. And that's effectively this age gap. The, I mean, she, but in the book. Yeah. I don't like, I'm, they're both adults. The timing, like the, the social norms are so different. Yeah. That I was sort of not that caught up in it. I don't know why. I, like, I don't think it's okay. I, but I think it bothers bothers me more in real life than it does in literature. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong to not feel that way. I, I think that I'm probably in the minority when it comes to really being this bothered, and specifically by this book because it's not like this book is like, I don't know. She's, she's not eighteen, right? She's not eighteen, and he's not forty-five. Like they are a little bit closer she well, is a fully realized person she's an adult who's been supporting yeah. herself for over a decade exactly exactly she's not, not she's not like an ingenue debutante who even if she was 28 would be so fucking sheltered you're like Ugh, like she's not that yeah i guess for me the fact is too she had lost her father so i'm like okay is this like a father thing so not only is he 20 years older than her he's also teaching her stuff like he's tutoring her in italian and then she's also lost her father so she doesn't have a father figure just the whole thing all together was just like ooh, not super into it and then i think also for me i'm kind of over 40-year-old men who don't understand what sexual harassment is. Yeah. Like, this is not really a spoiler. She's like, I want you to tell me what what this means in Italian. And she says this very vulgar phrase. And he's like, he's like, first he thinks that she's putting up to a joke, you know, that she's trying to embarrass (laughs) him. And then it comes out that this is something that people have said to her on set, like opera singers or stagehands have said to her. Mm-hmm. And he gets all upset that she's had to deal with this harassment. And I'm like, dude, you were in the army for however long. And you don't, you don't realize that women are treated like shit sometimes. And I think some of it is that he 
for all that he was not born in the upper class, was a relatively privileged, yeah, you know, not l- low class man. No, I, I, and yeah, how much that it enabled him to be ignorant of, and how much he projects his own values onto other people, and he is yeah. honorable, and therefore everyone else must be. Yes, I'm also over it, and I'm also exhausted by it, and I also bought it I mean it's I don't disagree with you I totally think that this could happen but I was just like oh and if he had been 10 years younger I probably would have been like okay he all the same not excuses but all of the same background as to why so he grew up privileged he was an officer you know he's projecting all of the same things that we just said I would agree and I agree with but it's more like, okay, but you have 10 more years of experience to have realized that this is bullshit. But 10 more years of privilege and being told you're God's gift to mankind. And I know. So at that point, I'm, like, I'm done bubble. with you. My job as a woman is not to teach you about how real life is. I don't know. It's just... I mean, I agree right. completely. Yeah. It's just, this isn't the book where it most pissed me off. But I completely agree that it's frustrating and it's a trend and I'm over it. Yeah. Um, And then the whole thing. So his son is, whether he's two years younger or four years younger, he's within five years of Mariana in age. And he's about to have a kid. And so I don't think it, this is not really a spoiler to tell you that Mariana and James end up together. And they have kids. So they Stupid. are, yeah, they are all younger than his first grandchild, which also was just like, ugh. I know several people who that's happened to in real life. Yeah. Not age gap wise. But I know a lot of people who, because of parents' second marriages, two people their own age, but have nieces and nephews older than them. Yeah. I mean, I have a I have a nephew. No, I have a cousin who is the same age as my daughter. So my uncle's child is the same age as my daughter. So, like I get it, but mm-hmm. also and it's fine. Like I'm not going to be like, "Oh my gosh, Uncle Chuck, I can't believe you did that." You know. <laughs> but also I just don't really want it in my romance novel. Sorry. Well, there is something a little bit gross about it in real life. When this is like something that appears in comment sections and Dear Abby letters and whatever all the time. It'll be like 20-something-year-old child whose dad usually was an absentee parent Mm -hmm. who then gets divorced or their mother dies or something. So he remarries a hot young thing and has a second family and becomes the parent he never was to the older children because he was too absent. And so there are parallels to like something that would happen today that would be far grosser. Yeah. But I mean, that is kind of what happens in this book. Like he loves his son, but he didn't have time to parent him. So the second family that he has is the family that he gets to lavish with all the love and affection that he did not lavish his son with. Yeah. So, you know, like, and I think what makes me the angriest 
and this is, I'm not angry like at somebody, but just like in general, I'm just more, I'm most annoyed because I really did like their relationship and I really did mm-hmm. like them together. I just the didn't The Italian like lessons were so cute. Yeah. I just didn't love this aspect of it. And I feel like it would have been mitigated for me at least if they had been closer in age. That's all. If she had been five years older and he had been five years younger. Yeah. It, it would, this would have been a great book for me, for me personally. I mean, I understand why she didn't do that just because like a 38 year old general who's already retired is a little hard to believe. And a, the whole point is she's not yet a diva. She's not yet established. And I feel like if she were in her thirties, she either would have truly made it or burned yeah. out. No, I get it. Like I, I understand, but it yeah. doesn't make me, does not make me like their relationship more. No, no, no. I'm just trying to think of like how you could get what you were asking for while still having the same well, individual struggles for them. I mean, I, th- I think you could have done it if you had made him 35 instead of 42. If you made him 35 or 34, I think it could have worked. You know? He, he's not retired. He's on half pay, which is what you do when there's no war around. Right. But I think the idea of someone who's 34 having the level of command he did in the war is kind of unbelievable. And, like, tell me how old Wellington was at Waterloo. Oh, yeah, he was old. Thank you. Generals usually are. Like, a 34-year-old general is not a thing. Yeah. I feel like 43 is even pushing it for, like, he's a decorated battlefield general. Yeah. Still would have been a better um, romance, though. I mean, look, if Christian Gray can be a 28-year-old billionaire. Right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I don't care how plausible it is. I don't care how historically accurate it is like i i honestly don't care how historically accurate it is yeah, give me a 34 year old general on half pay yes make him a 34 year old general who achieved remarkable success at a young age despite coming from a underprivileged background yes thank you give it give it all to me please <laughs> it's already a romance novel just lean in <laughs> just change his age quick and take out the sun the son was an interesting character. In some ways, I thought he deliberately was there to show how, I hate this word in this context, but it's where the conversation has gone, mature Mariana was. Oh, God, yes. Like, yes, he was married and, like, managing an estate, but even the way he talked about, like, studying architecture... Yeah. Like, he's just never actually had to make any decisions for himself. He's still just clearly very young and naive, if sweet and affable. Whereas, like, yes, he and Mariana might be the same age, but Mariana's definitely got more life lived. No, and I mean, that that happens, and I get it, but... But it wasn't a great comparison in terms of, like, son versus new wife. Or make the son, make the son 15, you know? Not married. (laughs) I just, I I think it's, I just feel bad too, because I really, really 
wanted to really like this book. And I really expected to love this book because I loved the first three in the series. And I think that's what's hard. And I think that's maybe that's part of what's tough for me too, is I had these really high expectations, you know? Yeah. So this one And I don't thing, think I was as enamored with the third. Yeah. So I oh think my, my expectations for this series might be a little lower. I like loved the third one. Oh my gosh. I thought it was so good. And then people were complaining that he was acting old and I'm like, Oh my God, don't even. I was one of those people. I was more bothered by the age gap in the third than in this one. That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, I don't get it, but whatever. It's fine. I still like you. <laughs> I, um, I'm hoping the next one isn't an age gap. <laughs> There's no age gap. They're the same age, exactly born on the same day. <laughs> Do you want us to have to talk about that Jude Devereaux on the podcast again? No. Where every lifetime they're born in the same day? <laughs> I, I can't disagree with what you're saying. Like, the age gap was there. It wasn't super addressed. There are a lot of problematic implications, and there was something very paternalistic and daddy issuey about some of it. I was fine with that. I just wish it had been more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. Content warnings. So I talked, I already talked about how she talks about her sexual harassment and she is also sexually harassed by uh, a composer. Is he a composer? Yeah. Yeah. So she also, her fall from grace is precipitated by men being real dumb in a situation that was in no way, shape or form her fault, but she is taking the fall socially. Mm -hmm. Men are the poor boys manipulated by the evil woman, even though they're the ones who whipped out pistols. Right. And they're, so when we're talking about her father's death, like, just be aware that it is traumatic for her. And also as a reader, like we both said, it stops you in your tracks. I thought she was joking. Mm-hmm. She wasn't joking. It, guys. She wasn't joking. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, I think the biggest content warning here is the May-December. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that he's going to die on her, according to Meg. Well, yes, that's my own psychological issue. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Okay. laughs> but yeah, I mean, if I ever have to get remarried, I'm not remarrying anyone who's older than me. <laughs> Marrying a younger man. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Hypothetical question. Uh -huh. How would you have felt if the happily ever after hadn't been marriage? But had yes. been him being like, fuck it, I don't want to remarry. I don't want to make everyone else happy. And if you want to keep being an actress, you can't really do that as a Duke's wife. Like, I'm not going to keep you as a mistress. I'm not going to pay you. But like, fuck it, let's live in sin. I mean, that's a really good question because I'm going to be honest. I was really annoyed that she gave up this amazing opera in Paris. I, I really would have been more annoyed except for the scene where she's sexually harassed. She actually thinks about how like she wishes she didn't have to be as like she loves her talent and she loves the fame and she likes like the attention. But given the choice, it's not like she really wanted to act. Yeah. It's not like it was her passion. Yeah, so that was the only reason I wasn't straight up angry. But I did have a thought that, like, what if that had been changed? What if it had been her passion? 
and the mm-hmm. happily ever after here hadn't been the house or, in the country with three kids. Oh yeah, the happily ever after was they they did get married, but he didn't. He left his position in society to be with her. Or like a secret Morgan addict. It only matters to us. Fuck it. Yeah. And no kids. That's part of what's implied. Yes. <laughs> Just saying. That's always my stance, so I don't know if that's helpful. I love kids. I love my daughter. I I would never give her up, but sometimes in a romance novel, I don't like kids. <laughs> they just taint things when all I want <laughs> is the happily ever after. Uh, all right. How sexy was this book? Okay. They have their first kiss over 60% of the way into this book. Yeah. Let's just lay the groundwork there. Like, this is very slow. They don't even like each other at first. Like, this isn't that they're denying their attraction to one another. She thinks he's hot, but awful. He, like, straight up doesn't really notice her. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they start checking each other out and realizing an attraction is developing. But it is... It's slow. It's slower than anything else. And so I was expecting something really eruptive by contrast. (laughs) Yeah. And it kind of wasn't. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a chunk of it that ends up being a little bit of a sex book because they're like sneaking off to do it every night. But a lot of it's kind of fade to black. Yeah. Well, and neither of them are as experienced as you expect that they will be i found his like i'll ruin you for all other men lines and it's like what you've had sex with like four people including your boring ass wife okay (laughs) including your boring ass wife (laughs) i just i i was for how much i was counting on their witty banter translating into the bedroom and the faith i have in julianne long to pull that off yeah because she can she can we know that she can it was sexy, and it wasn't cl- totally closed door. Like, there no. were sex scenes on the page. Like, so I don't want to say closed door. It was just certain things that would have been interesting to read were fade to black. <laughs> right, right. Certain things that I wouldn't have minded if they were on the page weren't on the page. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if he had been, like, super amazing. I mean, he was super amazing in bed, right? But, like, but if I, didn't, I had been convinced why, of him, Why was he so amazing in bed? That's the question. If I knew why, maybe I'd be like, okay, yeah, you should marry him. And the thing is, I feel like I'm shitting on this way more than it deserves because this book is really well written. The dialogue is amazing. I Half of the epilogue I love. Not the kids part, but the other half of the epilogue I thought was amazing. Yeah. So, like, there were things that I really liked. And I mean, it's just my issue is this age gap thing. And again, I think I'm in the minority here. So I just want to make that clear to everyone listening. It on the sexiness factor, like it's a Julian Long. So like yeah. sex. But I don't know what was particular here that I want to read yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, if you're enjoying the series, I don't think you should skip this book or anything like that. Oh, no. What's what's great about Julianne Long is present in this book. So her dialogue, um, her her humor, like her book, her books are so funny. 
And that's all of that is present here. There's a Colin Eversy shout out. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. And you can check us out on Goodreads at Plotris and Instagram at Plotris and our work website at WordPress Plotris. 